first week of January and the beginning of February 2018. Welcome to the Day-by-Day Podcast with me, Siobhan. This week, we'll begin to welcome spring. Follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Day-by-Day Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and email me at daybydaypodcast at gmail.com. When Chekhov saw the long winter, he saw a winter bleak and dark and bereft of hope. Yet we know that winter is just another step in the cycle of life. But standing here among the people of Punxsutawney and basking in the warmth of their hearths and hearts. I couldn't imagine a better fate than a long and lustrous winter. This Friday and every February 2nd is Groundhog Day, celebrated in the U.S., Canada, and Germany. So the idea is that on February 2nd, the groundhog will emerge from his burrow, and if he sees a shadow, that means there will be six more weeks of winter. If he doesn't see a shadow... That means we're going to have an early spring. I've never understood the logic behind this. If it's cloudy, wouldn't that mean it's not a nice day and therefore that would mean that we have more bad days ahead of us? And if he sees a shadow, that means it's sunny and that would tell me that some nice days are ahead of us. One meteorological explanation I read says that winter surface high pressure in that part of the country, that being Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, often results in sunny skies and cold temperatures. So if the groundhog finds sunshine on February 2nd, winter is still likely in progress. If it's cloudy, then more moderate weather is already underway. The tradition of Groundhog Day resembles Imbolc, the Gaelic pagan celebration associated with fertility and weather divination, which was celebrated between the winter solstice and spring equinox, or the beginning of February. Groundhog Day in the U.S. comes from a Pennsylvania Dutch superstition, which was originally brought from German-speaking areas where the badger is the forecasting animal. This also seems to be an enhanced version of the lore that clear weather on Candlemas forebodes a prolonged winter. Candlemas is another holiday which I'll talk about in a different podcast. The earliest known written mention of Groundhog Day comes from a February 1841 entry from a man named James Morris of Morgantown, Pennsylvania. He writes in his journal that last Tuesday, the second was Candlemas Day, the day on which, according to Germans, the groundhog peeps out of his winter quarters, and if he sees a shadow, he pops back for another six weeks nap. But if the day be cloudy, he remains out as the weather is to be moderate. So, Mr. James Morris gave us the explanation of Groundhog Day, but he didn't tell us that year what the groundhog predicted. One of the earliest mentions in the newspaper about Groundhog Day comes from February 1852 in the Lebanon Courier and Semi-Weekly Report from Lebanon, Pennsylvania. It says, They say the 2nd of February is known to our natives of the mountain by the not very cophonious name of Groundhog Day. goes on to explain what Groundhog Day is. And the writer of this article mentions that yesterday, Saul was not permitted to show his face. The groundhog saw not his shadow, and happily for us, pleasant weather for the balance of the winter may confidently be relied upon. I couldn't find anything that says whether or not Saul was right about the 1841 prediction. The most famous groundhog is probably Punxsutawney Phil from Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. We're also familiar with the Groundhog Day movie starring Bill Murray, which brought wider recognition to the holiday and the town of Punxsutawney. But the big question on everybody's lips 
Punxsutawney started having its annual Groundhog Day celebration on Gobbler's Knob in 1887, and they've been doing it ever since. In fact, since that time, Phil's official name is Punxsutawney Phil, Seer of Seers, Sage of Sages, Prognosticator of Prognosticators, and Weather Prophet Extraordinary. The lifespan of a groundhog in the wild is about six years. Punxsutawney Phil is jokingly said to be the same groundhog since 1886 because of a groundhog punch that is an elixir of life. Phil predicts a long winter almost 80% of the time, and on average, Phil's predictions are only about 39% accurate, according to the Storm Facts Almanac. Up to 40,000 people attend the event annually, eight times the town's normal population. Groundhogs can also be called woodchucks or whistle pigs. Groundhogs are found in North America from Alaska to Georgia. There are many other towns and cities throughout North America that have their own Groundhog Day event with their local groundhog celebrity. For instance, Staten Island Chuck, who is known for biting the mayor of New York City previously. The General Beauregard Lee of Lilburn, Georgia is known to have the most accurate prediction, standing at 94%. There's Stormy Marmot from Aurora, Colorado, Chattanooga Chuck from Chattanooga, Tennessee, Fred from Quebec, Dover Doug from Dover, Pennsylvania, Queen Charlotte from Charlotte, North Carolina, and Dundas Donna from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, just to name a few. I know a lot of parts of North America are hoping for a shorter winter this year, so here's hoping the groundhog doesn't see his shadow. Saturday, February 3rd, is the celebration known as Setsuban. It is part of the Spring Festival in Japan and the beginning of spring, according to the Japanese lunar calendar. Setsuban translates to the seasonal division. The celebration is meant to cleanse evil and drive away evil spirits that may be lingering from the previous year. Some of the traditions include throwing roasted soybeans out the door or at a family member wearing a mask while shouting, Demons out, luck or happiness in. And it sounds like this. Then they slam the door. This tradition of throwing the roasted soybeans is known as Mami Maki. Search YouTube for videos of families practicing this tradition, especially those where they are teaching the children. The roasted soybeans are known as fortune beans. After throwing the soybeans at the evil spirits, the family then sits around and eats more roasted soybeans, one for each year of your life, plus one more for good luck. Around the 13th century, it was customary to ward off evil spirits by burning sardine heads and wood and banging drums loudly. While this is no longer the norm, oftentimes you will still find sardine heads and holly leaves wrapped up in a display outside the house to ward off evil spirits, and ginger sake is often drank during the festivities. While throwing the soybeans is still practiced at home as part of Setsuban, more recently the celebration involves going to the local temple and celebrating there. At local temples and shrines, 
Priests and invited guests will throw roasted soybeans, some wrapped in gold or silver foil, small envelopes with money, sweets, candies, and other prizes. In some bigger shrines, celebrities and sumo wrestlers will be invited, and these events are televised nationally. This weekend, grab some roasted soybeans. If they don't ward off evil, at least they make a good snack. That's it for this week. Remember to follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter at Day by Day Podcast and email daybydaypodcast at gmail.com. The podcast is also available on iTunes and SoundCloud where you can listen to past episodes. If you're listening to the show through iTunes, please take a minute or two to leave a review and share the podcast with your friends. Let me know how you take part in any of these observances and if you know of any holidays that I should talk about. I'll be back soon. Until then, remember to make each day count.